This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And on Real Answers today, we're going to be talking about the ego's role in expressing the true self. Okay, so uh, to to start this off, I've been kind of mm, working around this topic uh, recently, and uh, different pieces of it have been coming forward. So I thought I would go right for it today and look at what does this actually mean, because it is actually a source of mystery for many people who are on a personal development path. Uh, so the the ego, the model that I use, I think I'll back up a little bit and say that the model that I use is um, taken from core energetics and it's used in multiple other streams of, of healing work. And, and what that is, is it is uh, the, there's the layer of the mask and the ego which is kind of on the outside. It's our presenting self, our personality. And then underneath that, we have what had us develop that mask um, or that presenting um, personality, which is usually how our full self was not accepted and our reaction to that. That's the, the lower self is what it's called. And then at the, at the center of that whole diagram, if you could see it, it looks kind of like a bullseye. There's the core self. And the core self is that true or, or deep self. Um, what I've referred to as essential self, core self, personal truth. You know, there's lots of different ways to refer to it. And so when you go and you read, say, a Buddhist text, and then you go back and you read something in psychology, and then, you know, maybe you read, you know, Wayne Dyer or something, you, you wind up getting all these different perspectives. And it's not so much that there's so many different perspectives. It's actually that there are so many different languages and there are a few different systems and many different ways of talking about them. And I believe that rather there than there being one right way to talk about things, I believe that having multiple ways that something is talked about allows more people to be able to understand it. Because people, each one of us, needs to hear things in a way that really lands and resonates with who it is that we are. So there's all these different ways of talking about things. And, you know, one of the really great things that Ken Wilber did was that he did a, 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 like a sampling of all of these different perspectives. And he did a synthesis of it. And that synthesis was what he laid out in his diagrams, if you're familiar with his work, where he kind of laid out 
oh, the, you know, the evolution of the person and, you know, how it is that we, you know, what, what domains we need to satisfy in our life and all of that kind of stuff. So all of his work really was not, um, original work. It was synthesis work. And uh, what he did is he kind of got rid of the multiple different languages, gave it one language, which, you know, was predominantly his own. Um, he gave it one language so that then people could sort of see how these things related to each other. Okay. So when we're talking about the, the kind of the, the mask self, the mask is often synonymous with the ego, and depending on where you go and you talk about it um, or, or who's talking about it, you'll get everything from how you need to develop your ego in order to be resilient to how you need to get rid of it in order to be evolved. And uh, it can be confusing. And then some of the natural responses of the ego then can present even more layers of conflict for an individual, right? Because, because the, you know, they're intent, you know, on a personal development path and they've reached this information about, you know, kind of some of the ways that their ego works and it gets translated that it, it's bad. And then from it being bad is like, oh, I've got to fix this. And um, instead of fix this, learn how to work with it effectively is what I'd like to substitute. And I'd like to do that kind of across all areas of personal development. I think we run into a lot of challenges when we're trying to fix ourselves. That comes from a perspective that there's something inherently wrong with who we are rather than learning how to develop who we are, to work with who we are, knowing that just like everything else in the world, there are ways that we have special abilities and there are ways that we have limitations. And oftentimes, they're very closely related to each other. So the reason why this becomes so important is because, like I said, this whole host of ways that we wind up acting in, you know, in the world, in our life on a day-to-day basis, suddenly become things that are, you know, to be gotten rid of that are problematic. And it's true. They are problematic sometimes. For example, and I know you've heard me talk about this, but for example, when someone is overly identified with their, you know, their ego, their mask, then, you know, that person is what we might call very superficial. And um, there are limitations of that and there are challenges that that puts forward. When we are overly focused on our ego, when we identify with it, um, we feel an increase of um, anxiety because there's always this sense that we're threatened um, because the ego has sort of this desire to preserve itself. So all of those things can challenge us. It can be challenging in a relationship if we're only willing or able to see things our way. It can be challenging to have a good quality of life if we're always scrambling and struggling. 
And it can be challenging if, you know, when someone says something that goes against who we believe ourselves to be, we we have to shut down the dialogue instead of being able to engage in it. Right? And those are all sort of negative effects of the ego. Another thing that the ego can do is it, it likes to judge things better, worse, you know, I don't like people who, and then we have a category. We always have a category and we always feel righteous about our category. I mean, quite honestly, you know, whenever we engage in judgment, there's a certain amount of righteousness that comes along with it. You know, I don't, you know, I don't like people who are judgmental. <laughs> I love that one. It's like so great <laughs> because it's the, it's the perfect. It demonstrates exactly what happens um, when we're, when we're judgmental. Right. Um, so, you know, judgments are another kind of function of the ego, but let's turn this around and say, well, why am I having this conversation? Like, well, what's then the benefit of it? Well, let's look at how judgments help us, right? We might make a judgment about what healthy food is. We might make a judgment about who we want our friends to be, what type of people we like to be around. Right? And all of those judgments are actually very supportive of creating the life that we want to live. Right? So just that little bit kind of demonstrates you can't just get rid of it. Right? You can't just throw it out completely. It's not, you know, some of the things that it does can be used positively or negatively. And a lot of whether it's used positive or negatively is the degree to which it's identified with, right? So if I'm totally identified with it, it usually creates problems, eventually at least. And if I've been able to connect with my core self and I recognize its limitation, then I am able to, uh, you know, kind of engage with it, but not, you know, kind of get too caught up in it. Right. So a little bit more on this. Uh, as I was saying, you know, one of the main problems with the ego is being completely and totally consumed by it. And a lot of times when people start to ask this question of themselves, they say things like, well, how do I tell the difference? And what is it? Like, how do I know that I, I'm not caught up in my ego? And, and like, what would be the cues that I was coming from a deeper place? And, you know, am I just tricking myself? You know, because sometimes we place these really noble spiritual values in our ego self. And, and so we can feel like we've got this soulful thing going on, but it's still happening on, on a surface level. And you can see that all around in the world, right? Where you see, you know, people that you say, Oh gosh, I thought that that person would, you know, would never have acted that way or would never have that other part of their life. Yeah, but, uh, but they manage to have a completely different 
way of being in the world because of uh, the fact that they they have these values. They're not totally living from their core self. So they can compartmentalize. So, uh, you know, the main function of the ego is separation. So the beauty of separation is I get to talk to you. We get to be different people. We get to see a world around us. Separation actually allows us to differentiate between ourselves and a tree, you know, or any other thing. So, so that's actually a wonderful, wonderful part of life. But when we're consumed with it, that, that separation becomes almost isolation. And then a lot of different things can happen for there. And once we have made contact with that deeper part of ourselves, that core part of ourselves, you know, the main process, and this is kind of what I'm going to walk you through today, the main process is being able to reconnect with it. It's being able to go into a situation and start to observe the ego but have our our focus, our energy, our attention put on the core self. Okay. So I have a, a quote here by Eva Paracas. And um she she wrote some Pathworks books, if you're familiar with those. She was the wife of John Paracas, who created uh, Core Energetics. And she writes beautifully on this stuff. So here's a quote from her. Even those of you who have, for years, formed a concept of the real self, of the creative substance that enlivens every human being, you forget in 95% of your daily lives that this creative being lives and moves in you and you live and move in it. You forget its existence. You do not reach for its wisdom. You stake all your reliance on your limited outer ego self. You neglect to open yourself for the deeper self's truth and feelings. You go blithely ahead though there is really nothing else but your conscious mind, your ego self with its immediately accessible thinking processes and will force. So all those times that I'm talking about this of living more frequently from this place of deep inner wisdom. I love the fact that she says, immediately accessible thinking and will force. It's like how much of our life that we try to go through being able to like know something, Desperately wanting to know something, solve something, whatever it is. And there is a desperation in it when you start to sense it. Or do something. Just let me solve it. Let me do something. Let me take action here. Let me change this situation. Right? So 
those are those are the types of you know uh, that's that's a, a way that we can see that we're in our ego self we're sort of preoccupied with all of that when we're not in our ego self it's actually a little bit more relaxed the whole process is a little bit more relaxed there isn't sort of a uh, tightness to it okay but if she's right with this particular perspective, right? If she's right that, you know, even those of us who have made contact with our, our deeper self, with our core self, forget a lot of the time, then what can we do? How can we change that process? You know, what is it that we can do so that we're coming from that true deep self so we can create the richer lives that we want and the more fulfilled lives that we want? Hey, it's, it's, you know, we can focus on getting rid of the ego, but just like a bad habit, when you focus on it, and what you focus on is the problem, you don't necessarily get to the solution, right? We have to learn to think in a different way, you know, in a way that includes the problem but is not stuck inside of it. Okay. So what I'm going to propose that we talk about for the rest of the the show is to look at the ego like a tool, Okay, so and I want to give this way of looking at it. If if I have a hammer, right, then I can use it and it serves me. I have an instrument, a tool that I can use. Now, let's change that a little bit and say, what if I think I am a hammer? How does that change then what I am able to do? how I might perceive my myself in the way that I work in the world. It's very different. So by shifting from this place of I am, you know, my personality, my identified self, my conscious thoughts, by shifting from that place to this place of there's something that I use, my, my personal way of looking at it is as a creative expression. That's how I love using them as a creative expression. Like it, they're like, they're like painter's tools. But if I look at them as something that I use, then maybe I can come up with a whole different way to, you know, express my core and live in the world. So from there, you know, how Eva Paracas talks about it is to say that the ego must know that it is only a servant to the greater being within, right? This is kind of the same version of what I was saying about it being a tool. And the main function is to deliberately seek contact with the greater self. We need to use that tool then to focus towards our core self, We need to use it to bring the attention to our core self, right? So that then we can go ahead 
and, you know, after making contact, express ourselves in a truer and deeper way. So in this, um, what we're going to want to do is um, we want to know, you know, the ego needs to know what it's all about. What its strength is, what its potential uh, potential is, how it functions, right? And and then from that, learn to request help is the words of Eva Paracas. But learn how to actually connect in and ask for help from that deeper place inside of us. And this becomes very confusing. We're going to have to take a quick commercial break, but a lot of times people will say, well, I get very confused when it comes to my intuition, right? Because I, you know, sometimes I think I have a clear line on my intuition and then it turns out I don't. And this is a, that is a perfect conundrum for, you know, the, the tension that we constantly live between our ego and our core self. So anyway, I want to go into that a little bit more, but first we're going to take a commercial break. So I'll be back in just a couple minutes. want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.kateseiner.com. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. We've been talking about the relationship between the ego and the core self and looking at, um, you know, fleshing this out a little bit and how to use the ego to actually have greater contact rather than less contact with the core self, right? So the last thing that I said is that what I want you to do is to look at the ego you know, your personality, your mask, your conscious self. I want you to think about that as a tool rather than who you are, right? And by looking at it as a tool, then we gain an ability to use it and that use can be to make deeper contact with our core self, right? And we walk 
talk. We, we live in this tension uh, between the truth of who we are and the expression of who we are. And you want to look at what does it mean to live your life purpose or be in alignment or whatever. It's to have a, a, a level of congruence between those two pieces. Okay. So uh, here's another little, a little piece of what um, Eva Paracas says. That's nice. The ego's task is to discover the obstructions that lie between it and the greater self, right? So what is personal development work? Why do we go to therapy? Why do we read philosophy, religion, or what have you? We do these things to figure out what the obstructions are. However, there's a little trick in here because the ego gets, it loves it like as much as it hates that process because it sort of can un it can uh, dislodge it from its place of power. There's another way that people can become attached on an ego level to personal development, to finding the problems, to understanding what their problems is are. And this is one of the pitfalls of, of personal development of, you know, of, of psychology specifically is that it doesn't necessarily address, uh, becoming a lifetime processor. That's not how we were meant to live our lives, figuring out another way that a problem exists for us. You know, the goal is to figure things out and clear them out of the way so that we can go on being the truest, deepest part of ourselves. I mean, that's my view. I, I, I feel like it leads to a happier life. Okay. Um, and so that's one of the versions of how the ego gets in the way, right? So if what, what happens, we have to use it, right? It's a tool. It needs to be used. And it's our way of interfacing with the world. But if we're not careful, we can kind of fall under its spell. And then we start to confuse that with the truth of who we are. Whether it's we become uh, defined by our history, our problems, our spiritual seeking, our, you know, items, our possessions, all it's all these different ways that we can get caught up in it and we will you know it's not a matter of saying oh you know i've done it i've escaped it and that's it it's more of a matter it is that tension that is creative it is that tension that allows us to grow in our understanding and to be able to create more okay so you can't get rid of your uh, ego. You can't ignore it, right? And if you stop using it directly to help you connect with your true self, chances are you're going to be more likely to fall under its illusion, okay? So you can draw on the ego to focus on removing obstacles to your true self, you can work on strengthening 
the lived experience of your true self so that it becomes less of a concept and more of a part of your everyday experience, right? So the ego can then help you focus what stops me from being my true self. Well, you know, I was rejected for being my true self, you know, as I was growing up in, you know, a numerous different ways. And so I'm afraid that those situations are going to repeat now in my life. I live as if they're going to repeat and that's getting in my way. Okay. And so what, okay, so you focus your attention on that and say, okay, well, you know, if that's the case, then what might I want to do about it? Or how do I feel about that? Or, you know, you start figuring out and filling out the information of what has kept you from your true self. But the part that I really love um, in this is because I, I think that we've overemphasized as I was saying before, we think we've overemphasized the obstacles over time. And what I think is more effective is removing obstacles and practicing connecting with and living from the core self, making it a strong part of every day. So we do that by making contact. We do that by, you know, connecting in. A lot of times I say to people like, think of, you know, a time that you felt most you. Think of, you know, you can you can project outward and say, okay, what color do I associate myself? What animal do I associate myself with? You know, what is a piece of art that I think represents me? You know, it's like all of that different stuff, like that little kind of personality test kind of stuff, you know, it, it can hit right there on that surface level, but it can be used to make headway into the deeper part of who you are. And what you're really looking for is a physical connection. You're looking for sensations that reflect a state of being. Right? That's the direction that you're going in to make connection with your core self. Right? So you you're connecting with your core self, you're moving in that direction. And once you've sort of got a sense of what that feels like, it'll have, you know, I use use words like it has a tone to it, has sort of a, you know, uh, a pattern to it. Those are kind of, those are words that make sense to me, but everybody's got their words of like how they make sense of that, you know, intent tangible dimension of, of understanding. So you bring your attention there. You get connected to your core self, the closest way you know how, right? You just try, essentially. You don't have to get it right. You know, you know you're getting closer. It's a discovery process. So you make contact and you feel what that's like. And then you do things that support feeling that way. 
And, you know, you can use your attention to sense whether or not you're feeling that kind of deep down inside or it's more surface. You always want to make sure whenever you're doing these exercises that they kind of go all the way in, that they're not just landing on the surface, if that makes sense to you. Okay. So in doing that, in connecting with that, you know, that essence, that core self, we, we are then able to express it. That's where it comes back around, right? So we use the ego, right, to find the core self. And then we also use it to express it. And that's where it becomes that, you know, like I was saying, like a painter's tools. Then you're using it and your personality rather than than being something that you're totally identified with and feel insecure about. Your personality becomes an expression of that deep, true part of who you are. Right? So your personality then has that congruence with a deeper part of you. And that's really what leaves people feeling satisfied with their lives. That sense of congruence, that sense of alignment with, you know, with how they're being perceived, how they're acting, how they're being in their world and that deeper part of ourselves. And then this wonderful thing happens. It's wonderful and not wonderful. So then life keeps happening, right? As we have this congruence and eventually something comes up. We have some kind of conflict or obstacle. And that conflict or obstacle in our life creates a tension that usually brings us, if we use it, once again, if we use the ego intentionally, it brings us to see another way that we're not in alignment. And we repeat the process. That's why when, you know, you, if you hear people and, and they're sincere when they say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for this situation, even though it's been hard because it's taught me so much about myself, right? That's what that person is saying, right? If they, if they're really meaning that, that's what they're saying. So we go and we say, we do this process, we do this process. And, and the more, the stronger that we get in our core self and the stronger that we get in this process, the easier it is to face the conflicts that come our way. Right? In the conflicts that come our way, um, then become, Oh, here we go. Not that I want to create this kind of conflict in my life, but here we go. Now I get to see some way 
that I have not been living in alignment with the truth of who I am. Right? Only because it highlights, it'll highlight, it will create a feeling of discomfort. And with that discomfort, we can either say, what's in the way of me being connected to my core at this time? Or we can say, you know, we can blame another person. If we blame another person, we've made the decision to identify with our ego self. And if we go the other way, we've made a decision to get more in contact with our core. Okay. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and uh, we'll come back in just a few minutes. craving positive change in an area of your life dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected internationally recognized author and facilitator dr kate signer is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world, starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. We've been talking about how to use the ego to express the true self, the core self. Um, So what I was saying is that, you know, when we come up against life um, and there's a challenge in it, there's this opportunity then to uncover another piece of what obstructs us from um, who we really are. Or we can go the opposite direction. We can obscure it even more. And that looks like blaming others. Okay. So there is a, a poem that I read in my life work community program. And, uh, I 
I want to read it to you now because I thought it was such a beautiful uh, way of looking at the relationship we have with our core self and how we can either move closer to it or we can move further from it. And it is by Pablo Neruda. It's called, If You Forget Me. I want you to know one thing. You know how this is. If I look at the crystal moon, at the red branch of the slow autumn at my window, if I touch near the fire, the impalpable ash, or the wrinkled body of the log, everything carries me to you. As if everything that exists, aromas, light, metals, were little boats that sail toward those isles of yours that wait for me. Well, now, if little by little you stop loving me, I shall stop loving you little by little. If suddenly you forget me, do not look for me. Excuse me. Um, my, I, I apologize for this, but my, oh, there we go. If suddenly you forget me, do not look for me, for I shall have already forgotten you. And if you think it long mad in the winds of banners that pass through my life, and you decide to leave me at the shore of the hearts where I have roots, remember that on that day, at that hour, I shall lift my arms and my roots will set off to seek another land. But if each day, each hour, you feel that you are destined for me, uh, with implacable sweetness, if each day a flower climbs up to your lips to seek me, Ah, my love, ah, my own, in me all that fire is repeated. In me nothing is extinguished or forgotten. My love feeds on your love, beloved, and as long as you live it, uh, as long as you live, it will be in your arms without leaving mine. And the reason that I read that poem is because I think it demonstrated the 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 connection the relationship that we have with our true self in that the more that we use our conscious self to seek our true self the more it is apparent to us when we step towards it it grows in us and like Likewise, when we forget it, when we leave it, when we obscure it, that is when it is also moving further away from us. It's when the distance is getting greater. The forgetting is getting greater. And so we have this choice to make. Not just in a, you know, once in a lifetime kind of way, but in a moment by moment way. We have a choice about what we want in terms of the true connection to ourself. Right. And a lot of times people go seeking 
and they look for maybe it's going to be a business that's going to give them that. Maybe it's going to be a new relationship that's going to give them that. Maybe it's going to be a change in one way or another. But none of that is is the same as or, you know, will give the same results as being willing to connect with and express our deeper self. None of that is going to bring the level of satisfaction that we're really seeking. You know, and the trick is to, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, like candy versus kale or something. You know, it's, it's to recognize that the long-term value is so much more when we devote ourselves to the process of really connecting in with who we are. That ultimately, wherever that lands us, we're happier. Whatever level of success that lands us with, we're happier. You know, wherever, you know, whatever relationship, once again, it's the satisfaction, the fulfillment is more. Because we have what is so essential. And when we go in the opposite direction, looking for that deep sense of meaning and satisfaction in all of these different places, whether they are, you know, benevolent and, uh, you know, we're giving to the world or, you know, we have, you know, are taking good care of our children or it doesn't matter whether the task is selfless, selfish, you know, both, none of that really matters Um, because we are still living it in a more surface part of ourselves. We're still coming at it from that place of the ego. And so it's always a shallower expression of who we are. And if we, if we change and create that deep connection with ourselves, if we change and we create that deep connection with ourselves, we might end up doing the same thing. We might end up doing something completely different. But the connection, the satisfaction from it all, will be totally different. The satisfaction will be thorough and complete. And so one of the first things that I try to teach people is how to start to connect to their core self. Because it's from that place that we are able to really see what we need in our lives. 
to create from a point or place of meaning rather than to simply create, do what we think we're supposed to do. It's a very interesting thing in a lot of the business studying that I did. One of the uh, one of the things that often gets said is that um, you know you need to understand the life that you want to live, so that you know because what you earn. You know, the money you bring in into your life needs to be in relationship with how you want to live. And what I noticed was that most people didn't know how they really wanted to live. Most people were willing to take on somebody else's version of what success looked like. And, uh, And even the people who were rejecting this outside view of success were doing it in reaction to rather than knowing what it is that they really want. It was the minority of people who actually understood what they needed to truly be happy. So it's a place where we can get lost and confused. Uh, and we can start living or uh, creating things that then, you know, a lot of times we need to break down and dissolve. Because even though they seemed like the right thing at the time, they weren't really in line with who we are. Um, or we need somehow, you know, to gain access to our core self and, and we're not quite able to in the way that we've set ourselves up. So there's a liberation that comes from this kind of work. And the liberation is that you cannot, you cannot go wrong if you have the skill to be able to connect in with your core self. You cannot go wrong. That does not mean you need to abandon that ego self where you're able to think, plan, strategize. None of that. It's it's not in a total abandonment of that. It's this idea that if you are listening to, if you are creating that congruence between who you are and, and what you're creating in your life, then you will have a level of happiness and satisfaction when things go up and when things go down and when things explode and when things are smooth. And that to me is one of the most powerful places that we can live from. One of the most satisfying places 
that we can live from. You know, that is the place where we're able to reach our, our truest and deepest purpose and make the biggest difference regardless of what it is that we're doing. So it's really important stuff. And I want to return just quickly to something I said before that I want to touch on, which is how do we tell? How do we tell if we're in our ego or we're in our core self? Okay? There's a couple ways that you can tell. So if you're afraid, if you're afraid of outcome, you're in your ego. If you're judging and, you know, there's an edge to it, you're also in your ego. Um, if you feel unsettled, ungrounded, uncentered, that would be um, being ego identified. Okay. So when you are connected to your core, you should feel a sense of um, peace is the, probably the best word for it. A little more relaxed, um, calm. And that kind of gives you a, a little bit of a cue about where you are. You know, a way to kind of say, okay, what's, what's going on here? So, um, do a little bit of exploration around, around this. Start to see where you spend most of your time and whether or not you can apply some of what I've said today. And we'll, we'll continue to look at how you can live more, you know, fully and how you can express your personal truth more fully so that you can get that success and fulfillment out of your life. So I want to thank you so much, uh, for, for joining me today on Real Answers. By all means, go to my website, katesigner.com, and check out my LifeWork virtual program, which gives you an opportunity to practice many of the skills that are associated with living a richer and fuller life. And I will talk to you then again next week where we'll work on or we'll discuss more how to live from your, your personal truth. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.